from American Falls to Malad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast. Brandon Bainey with the beast. Uh, Jordan, yeah. I don't think that's probably a word that's ever been used to describe you, right? No, no. Only, <laughs> yeah, I don't think ever. <laughs> Jordan K from the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello joining us once again here on the Southeast Idaho Prepcast your number one source for everything going on in District 5. You can get the audio of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh you can also uh, catch the video of this uh podcast on the idahosports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Uh Jordan, what's going on? How you been? Ah, good. Just, you know, gearing up for districts. That's right. Uh, your Arizona State Sun Devils looking very, very good. So, so obviously I'm a Montana Grizzly fan, right? You can see on my jacket, but for FBS football, I'm actually a UCLA fan. And so really, last week was no good. They didn't look very good. <laughs> no, <laughs> they didn't. They're, they're, bowl hopes uh or at least their playoff hopes i think were pretty much uh snuffed yeah. out by the devils on saturday so take it <laughs> for sure so uh speaking of playoffs and postseason yes. we are into the district tournament time for soccer it kind of i don't know about you it kind of snuck up on me i, th- I thought it would get yeah. started later this week but we actually had some start uh monday and, and <laughs> tuesday so yeah, it's weird because you like you look at the football schedule so often that it's you're always in the mindset that it's midseason, and then they're like postseason play starting. They're like what? And yeah, very kind of crept up super quick. Yep. So let's let's kind of uh, see what's going on in District Five for yes. uh, boys and girls soccer. Uh, of course. There's the combined District 5 and 6 where Highland competes, but then there's also a standalone 4A and 3A competitions yeah. in District 5. Yeah, no, I think uh, there's a lot of local teams who have really good shots at um, going far in the state tournament or, heck, even you know possibly winning it. You look at uh, Highland soccer with uh, Sage Rebell and Abby Satterfield. I mean, those are two of the best goal scorers in the state. Highland never has problems getting the ball in the net, and, I think probably right now they're, they've got to be the favorites, you know, to win stages with the the senior laden team that they have and, you know, the, the great forwards that they have. So I think that's one. Another one is March Valley so- girls soccer that I think they lost one game all season. I mean, they've just been fantastic rolling through three, a almost everybody they play. It just seems like they, they can get, you know, five, six goals any day and, you know, rarely allow like more than like one. So you know, I think those right now in their respective classifications, Marsh Valley and Highland, I would say, uh, you know, have really good chances to, you know, at least make the the title game or, you know, heck even win it. Yeah. Marsh Valley, of course, continues to look really strong. So at the 3A girls state tournament this year for soccer, uh, District 5 gets just the conference champion, but the second place team will have a chance to advance to state via a play-in game. So whether yep. that's American Falls or Snake River, possibly, or whoever, uh, they will have a chance. They're going to have to play a pretty good team from District 6, though, to get there. So uh, on the boys' side, it's a little more, uh, I would say, and not not in terms of like 
Highland and Marsh Valley stand out on the girls' level, not just locally, but on a statewide level. Yes. D- district uh, or boys' side, it's really been more competitive this year. Yeah, it has been. I think, you know, you look at the the 5A, and Highland has been kind of, you know, up and down this season. They'll, they'll get a big win and then, you know, suffer a loss. And it's kind of this, you know, um, go up, then down. And, you know, it's not like the girls' team that's just on an ascension all season long. Then you look at the boys, and it's really been uh, – you know, I think Preston has surprised a lot of people in that boys' side. Uh, they're the number one seed going into the state tournament, which is, you know, a little bit surprising, just, you know, given they haven't had, you know, a huge track record. But uh, Century, they, I mean, they lost a ton of seniors last year. You know, Cam Murdoch, Evan Yost, uh, just really big impact players who, you know, aren't there anymore. And then Pocatello, I mean, this is one of their better seasons in a long time. You, you talk to the coaches over there, and it's, the the boundaries and the way they played out for this Pocatello team, they're starting to get more kids, which means that their soccer team all of a sudden is a little more loaded. And all of a sudden, you know, you go back Pocatello, you know, four or five years ago, and you know, you're getting kids out of there who have almost never played soccer before. It makes it really tough to win games. And now they're getting kids who are, you know, not only have played soccer before, but are, you know, are on club teams or playing, you know, 10, 12 months a year. And you're really starting to see it. And so they're going to be in that district tournament as the two seed. And, you know, I think that the district four is pretty wide open um, in terms of who could come out of there. Then you look at, you know, 3A and American Falls um, has just been fantastic. And I know they made state last year. Um, They'll also, uh, Marsh Valley's not, hasn't been too bad. So I think it's kind of those two teams right there, but um, American Falls, a lot of seniors on that team. They had a, you know, a tough loss at state last year where they had to go up to post falls where, like legitimately playing in snow that was like up to their ankles. And it was just like, you know, and they only lost by a goal. And so that's a tough one um, to, you know, draw much from, but yeah, you know, American falls on the, uh, on the boys side, I think is a, you know, a really good team that can make a run in state. Yeah. I think uh, to your point with Pocatello, I think what hurt them was in league play, they had two ties. Whereas, yeah. Preston, instead of tying, actually got wins. Yes. And that's what allowed them to get that number one seed. I I think Pokey is, at least to me, Pokey is probably the favorite still going into sure. districts. But when we talk about, Jordan, we talk about these three-team districts. Yeah. Anything can happen. All it takes is one bad match, and you're like you're looking at the wrong side of the bracket. That's the thing. Yeah, the three-team. I mean, first of all, Preston not only gets a bye, but then can play every every game at their home field which is a little more impactful given that, you know, both Century and Pocatello have to drive an hour south um, to a little bit colder weather. So you never know how those things are going to work. And that is kind of the, uh, the the bad part of a three-team district. And as we found out in so many sports last year, Jordan, only one bit available in 4A boys soccer yeah. from District 5. So it's going to be a, ideal. Not ideal. No. It's going to be a dogfight, not even a chance at a playing game or anything. So again, district five continuing to at the four A level, get the short end of the stick when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so soccer is uh, off and running and a friendly reminder at our site, idahosports.com. We will have uh, the district brackets, not just for soccer, but for volleyball eventually and as well, but uh, not just for district five either. We'll have all of the districts all over the state. So as we get to this time of year, uh, this is where fans in District 5 will start to branch out and start to see, all right, who's looking good in other spots? And yeah. this is a great opportunity for you to follow along 
with all of the district bracket action. It's on the homepage at idahosports.com. We've got the girls' soccer brackets up and running, and boys' soccer brackets will be up soon. And uh, it, it kind of snuck up on us, right? We missed the first day, but we, we do have those brackets up now so everybody can check them out and follow along statewide. It's a really good resource to have on idahosports.com. So. Yes, I'm there yep. often. All right, let's switch gears to football, Jordan. You uh, you you were taking in some 1A action, a little eight-man football for yes. the first time this year. Tell us about uh, the games you went to. Let's start with the one that uh, was published. Uh, you published a nice recap in the Idaho State Journal's Saturday edition of uh, Rockland against Grace. I was pretty surprised by this. Uh, Grace ends up winning 53-36 to 36 over Rockland. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I hadn't seen Rockland play much, but you can just look at their stats and they're such an anomaly in this one, a level where most teams are running this, you know, wing T run heavy offense playing only eight man football and Rockland like is legitimately the heel just being like, Nope, we're just going to throw the ball 45 times a game. And so you can catch some of these one, a defenses and secondaries off, um, you know, off guard. It helps too. When you've got, you know, two receivers who, you know, could probably start on, you know, most teams at much higher levels, you know, Wes Matthews, who's this big, tall receiver, and then his brother Teague, who's a uh, sophomore, he's a six foot four, just a monster. And he really, Gavin Perman, that Rockland quarterback, just has to throw the ball up. I mean, he knows his receivers are going to go up and get it as long as they have a chance. So that was a really cool thing seeing that, that Rockland offense. But then you look at Grace, and, you know, I was really, really impressed with, you know, what they were able to do. You, uh, you look at their their quarterback, um, Titan Anderson. He's this big, like, six-foot-three kid, like not a guy you often see, you know, at like a 1A level. He plays defensive back. He gets a pick. And then, you know, he's able to run this, this kind of interesting, like, run offense with, uh, you know, Jaden Pitcher, who's a smaller running back. And they just kind of work really well together, you know, just able to uh, kind of catch defenses off guard, you know, Hey, we've got this big guy. We've got this small guy. Let's see how we can do it. And then, you know, there's a other guy. They've got a uh, Dallin Draper, who's this big, like six foot three, 200 pound guy in the secondary. He had a pair of interceptions. I mean, for a one team, Grace has a couple athletes that are just monsters. And so that was kind of fun to see. Yeah, if Grace is having success, chances are there's somebody with the last name Draper that's involved. Yes, yes that is true. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, Grace, you know, I, I kind of fell into the trap of just looking at their record and saying, yep. oh, Rockland probably is favorite, uh, favorite in that game. But but then when you look at Grace a little more closely, you you notice that their three losses, they're now two and three, came to North Gem, which is a Really good one AD two team, but then also they, they've played Oakley and Raft River. I yeah. mean, those are the top two teams in the one AD one coaches poll. So, you know, I think that Grace Butte County matchup in the regular season finale actually uh, could be a lot closer than I previously had thought. Exactly, and that's what's going to come down to who gets the state bid. I mean, no offense to Chalice, but they are uh, struggling this season. So, really, whoever comes out of that conference, it's only a one bid league. It's going to be whoever wins Grace versus Butte County. And so, yeah, that uh, that matchup definitely um, has a lot more intrigue after seeing Grace against Rockland. Yes, absolutely. So uh, let's talk about the other eight-man game you were at. You, yeah. you also took in North Gem against Chalice, and, and you talk about Rockland and how they love to spread it out. North Gem is pretty much the opposite, a 54 to nothing win over the Vikings. First of all, uh, there might not be a more fun place to go watch a game than North Gem. 
I mean, it's like a school of like 50 people. The cars like literally pull up five feet from the sideline. People are just like tailgating with like, you know, drinks they made or food. They've got lawn chairs out. Heck, there's a horse that carries in the American flag. It's like the coolest place ever. Um, and then the football team, uh, it helps when they just score every single possession. The uh, North Gem offense, I've seen it before, but man, is it fun to watch. They run like this uh, flex bone offense, like this weird um, you know, maturation that only like a few colleges and like low levels ever even attempt. And they've got a quarterback, Bridger Hatch, a senior, and then a fullback, Brett Yost, who are just like, I mean, these two uh, can run by anyone. I mean, Brett Yost is more of kind of a ground and pound bowling ball type running back. And Bridger, I mean, can just, you know, bob and weave his way around the field and end up scoring touchdowns. And the offense is so crazy. So, I mean, a lot of people know like RPO, like, you know, the quarterback, you know, goes in for the handoff. He reads, you know, a linebacker or defensive lineman and can either pull the ball or, you know, give it to the running back. I mean, North Jim kind of runs that. They more run more of like, you know, the you know, option, I guess. But they do it so well that during one play of the game, the ref thought the wrong person had the ball. So that he blows the whistle, like an inadvertent whistle, and Bridger Hatch is in the end zone with the ball. And the ref called the play down for a guy uh, who got tackled who didn't have the ball and Brett Yost. And like the, the coaches were livid. They're like, you know, we had to talk to uh, we have to talk to the ref before each game because, you know, we have to tell them, hey, you know, don't blow these whistles. Like you don't know where the ball is. It's just crazy to see like when you can run an offense that good that the refs don't know who has the ball. You know, that's when you know you're doing something right. As a broadcaster, a team like North Jam is like my worst nightmare because yes. <laughs> yeah. you never know who has the ball, right? I didn't attempt to keep stats because it was it's too fast, too complex. I was like, you know, someone else will have them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of sets up now where we get into to one a D one D two play late in the season. Yeah, North, North Jam has an interesting game this week. They're going to host Water Springs, yeah. the defending Rocky Mountain Conference champs, but they're a little bit down this year. This is a good opportunity for North Jam to to send a strong message. Yeah, I mean that's a, a conference that I think has two bids, and I think you know North Jam one of their big goals this season was beat all the teams they lost to last season. You know, one of those was Grace, and the other was Water Springs, and so I think they they realize that they've got a you know a big test ahead of them to kind of avenge what happened last year and, you know, be able to have a better spot uh, in that playoffs and, you know, heck not make things come down to the Rockland game, I think is a, a big thing for North gym. Don't, don't have your entire playoff hopes on that Rockland game. Yeah. So as I'm looking at the one, a D two bracket, it looks like that three teams actually will get in from districts five and six, the Rocky mountain conference this year. So, uh, but, but, um, as the conference champ, North Jim would have a lot easier yes. time in terms of home games and things like that. So yeah, you don't have to play, you know, the the prairies or you know those. Oh, I guess it's not. Wouldn't be them, would it? It would be uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, I mean, just Castleford or Horseshoe Bend in that first or second round. Yeah, I mean, just just spitballing here uh, because we're into October now, so I think we can start to peek at the brackets and kind of start bit. to speculate a little bit. So the champion of the Rocky Mountain Conference would get a home playoff game against the fourth place team from District Four, which will be like 
Murtaugh, or excuse me, like Hanson maybe, or Camas County. It's going to be a, 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 a good matchup. The second place team would get a also get a home playoff game against the third place team from District Three, which is going to be either Garden Valley or uh, Council, which could be a tougher matchup. And then the third place team from the Rocky Mountain Conference has to travel to the second place team from District Four, which is going to be either Cary or Castle Ford. So you, you don't want to play. You want to stay. You want to stay yeah. out of that matchup. So gotcha. Yeah. Yes, that is a that is a good resource. Yes, so that that's kind of how it's looking. So this is an important yeah. game for North Gem because, uh, like you like you said, they trip up here, and now all of a sudden that Rockland game is like must win. All all cards are down. So exactly, yeah, be a good matchup there. Rockland is going to host Mackey. We're gonna have to check on that. It's been a while since Mackey's played. Yes, um, and and in fact, their volleyball team was on a roll. Uh, the yeah. the top team in the conference they had to forfeit a bunch of matches last week because yeah. they weren't able to play, which was unfortunate. So we'll double check on that one. But even even if they're playing Rockland, we figure we'll have a good time. And then Grace is going to host Lighthouse Christian in a non-conference game. Lighthouse, Lighthouse was a semi-finalist a year ago, and they're zero and five this year, Jordan. But they've played a really tough schedule. That's the thing about Lighthouse is like I think I had them in the rankings, you know, for a couple weeks because you look at their schedule. And it was just, they were just playing teams that they, you know, were so high in the rankings that they probably weren't going to beat even on like their best day. And so it was like, you can't fault them too much for those, those losses. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, Grace will have, you know, kind of their hands full, but uh, you know, after seeing them last week, they, they have the athletes to pull it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on to the 2A ranks where we got it started with Thursday night football on idahosports.com. I was uh, I was in Dayton to watch the West Side Pirates defeat Soda Springs 55 to 8. Now the Cardinals were a little shorthanded. Uh starting quarterback Tug Cap was out with illness and they were also missing two starters up front on the offensive line. I actually thought Soda Springs competed pretty well and uh trey stevens made the move from wide receiver to quarterback to compete and i i thought he did pretty well but west side of course is so tough and six and zero overall two and zero in the league yeah lather rinse repeat right <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to with them yeah I'm not sure what else we need to say about west side at this point they're pretty good the other interesting game we had our eye on Happened on Friday night. Yes. Aberdeen against Malad. These were two teams that were unbeaten in the conference. Malad had been kind of a feisty team under first year coach Lucas Thorne, but I think Aberdeen showed pretty clearly that they are the second best team in the league with a 46 to 14 win. Yeah, we saw Aberdeen that first week and their rushing offense looked fantastic. They faltered a little the next two weeks. And I think they, uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't exactly expecting a blowout here, but, you know, you look at like Brody Beck, he had uh, their quarterback had 130 yards, you know, on 15 carries, a couple scores. Then Kale Adamson, you know, they had a tight end for a little bit, you know, a little bit at left tackle. He had, you know, just seven carries for 144 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that's 20 yards a carry. You're not going to beat, you know, you're not going to lose to many teams when your second rusher is getting 20 yards a carry. Yeah, uh, Aberdeen continues to roll. Big test for Aberdeen coming up this Friday, Jordan, on IdahoSports.com. They will travel to North Fremont. The Huskies are undefeated. They're ranked third in both the media and coaches polls right now in 2A, a semifinal team from a year ago. Aberdeen, if they if they really want to be considered in that next league of teams, that next tier, yeah. they have to come out and play well against North Fremont. 
Definitely, but I think right now I, Aberdeen's main focus is just getting second in the league, earning a spot in the state tournament. You know, it really doesn't matter what they do in non-conference in order for them to, you know, get that number two spot in state, and they're going to be playing the same team regardless of if they go undefeated in non-con or not. So, you know, I think that's one of those things where as much as you can look at this game and, you know, think that they, you know, if they win, they'll get moved up in the rankings and all this stuff. I mean, really, it's it's not that, you know, it wouldn't be too detrimental if they lost this game, I should say. So sure. um, it'll be an intriguing one to watch. We'll see how, you know, Beck and Adams do, you know, as that one-two combo against a, a really good North Fremont team. But, you know, if it doesn't go Aberdeen's way, it's not the end of the world. Yep, for sure. Uh, Westside actually has a bye, and yeah. Jor- Jordan, uh, that game on Thursday night was actually their senior night. They don't have any more home what? games in the regular season. Holy cow. That's got to be like the earliest senior night of all time. Right? Well, when when I was a senior in high school, uh, our coach decided to hold senior night on our first home game of the season. Kind of an interesting twist. Our first home game was our senior night because he said he wanted the community and the fans to know who the se- the leaders of the team were. So that's why we had senior night the first game of the year. That's kind of cool. I mean, they did it. They had to do it a lot last year because everyone was scared the season might get canceled <laughs> at any time. Um, right. Yeah, it's, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you could do like, you know, uh, bookended a little bit you know do something at the end of the game too or the last game but yeah that is that's not uh i like that explanation yeah but that but that doesn't happen like often right usually it's the last home game and that's what it was for west side so they have a bye this week and then their last two conference games are on the road uh at aberdeen and at malad so those will be important matchups uh so west side has the week off and then here's another you know malad taking on bear lake uh, these are a pair of teams that Malad's two and four, Bear Lake's two and three. You know, we talked about last year, all five teams got got into the playoffs yeah. uh, four via the at-large. Uh, there's still an outside shot that one of these teams, you know, Malad or Bear Lake could grab an at-large spot with some good performances down the stretch here. Especially because Malad has that win over Soda Springs. And so you've already kind of got one in your pocket. Um, you know, Bear Lake struggled against some good teams, which, you know, isn't surprising, you know, West Side beat them Firth beat them but those are two teams that you know have just steamrolled their entire schedule so yeah i think this really sets up as whoever wins this has a shot at making the playoffs and you know once it gets to that you know anything can happen but you know i've been really impressed with malad lately especially you know like we've said under you know coach lucas thorne in his first season there and you know bear lake's got a a really good program with ryan messerly at the head and you know they have a, a pretty uh, efficient passing attack, um, even after losing Owen Tusher last year. So, yeah, that's going to be a, a fun one that'll kind of, uh, and heck, you know, those two teams haven't yet played Aberdeen. So, you know, one of them, all it takes is, you know, win over Aberdeen or something like that, and they're in the number two spot. So, I, that's really all it comes down to. And so, you can kind of keep your, your state hopes um, very much alive with a win on Friday. Yep. A, w- a win keeps you in the mix. A loss certainly deals you a setback though. So that's going to be an important must win game for both of those teams. Yep. Soda Springs is hosting American falls. Yeah. And that that's how we'll transition into three, a football American falls. You know, I think has a good opportunity to go on the right side of 500. You know, they could be four and three. If yeah. you think about it. Cause they've won their last three, right? Yes. Yeah. And they had a bye last week. So they've got an entire week to prepare for, you know, a two, a team who is coming off a tough loss. Yeah, this is a really good opportunity for Aberdeen to kind of put themselves back in the mix going into conference play. And the other thing, too, is 
you know, as we transition to 3A, Aberdeen or American Falls can get this 2A game while their conference foes are just beating up on each other, you know, uh, across the state. And so that's going to be a kind of a cool thing is American Falls can, you know, they get a win, like you're saying, already would have more wins than they did last season. And then you're going to go into conference play kind of with this, you know, undefeated zero and zero record and someone's going to have a loss and you kind of just know who you need to beat right there. Yeah. So American Falls lost their first three games. Since then, they have beaten Parma 23 to 18, Teton 14 to 13. And then last week, uh, they beat Wendell 41 to 14, which was really their first dominant performance of the year. Snake River beats Teton 46 to 21. But the most, you know, the game we all had our eyes on was Marsh Valley against South Fremont. After being on on the wrong end of so many close losses this year, Marsh Valley finds a way and knocks off South Fremont, a 3A semifinal team from a year ago, 21 to 20. Very interesting that the last two weeks, District 5 teams have beaten South Fremont. You had Snake River, you know, giving them a, a you know tough defeat last year. And then Marsh Valley just barely pulls this one out. Uh, South Fremont, you know, obviously has, you know, Cayman Peebles, who a lot of people think is one of the better quarterbacks in the entire state. And all of you know, South Fremont needed was a two point conversion at the end of the game to, you know, probably win it. And what happens is Peyton Howe, the uh, Marsh Valley senior defensive back, picks off Peebles for the third time of the night on that two point conversion, preserving the win. And so this is a Marsh Valley team that's got a ton of athletes. They've got Hunter Roach at quarterback, they've got Michael Belknap at, you know, uh, running back at linebacker, and they got Howe at, you know, wide receiver and DB. And they should show that their athleticism sometimes is all it takes to, you know, uh, defeat a team. And they go into this matchup with Marsh Valley or with Snake River kind of realizing, like, you know, this might decide the, you know, who wins the district. And that's a pretty, a lot of pressure, I guess, for one game. But, you know, it's, it's perhaps, you know, some solace and, you know, knowing it just takes one. Well, and, and you talked about it. This is the game, right? Snake River at Marsh Valley, 7 o'clock kickoff uh, from Marsh Valley High School Friday night. Uh, the the loser of this game still has a great chance to get to the playoffs via right. an at-large bid, but, not, but nothing is guaranteed, right? With a win here, you are setting yourselves up for a guaranteed spot in the playoffs, which is nice. Yeah, because it's a uh, play-in, right, for the second-place team? or uh, So basically – yeah, so what they do for for three A football is they take the five conference champions and they all receive a first round bye, yeah. and then the other eight teams, the at large teams, um, end up playing a series of games. And it looks like this year District Five is going to get two teams into the playoffs. So, like I said, the loser of this game will get an at large spot, but it's a lot tougher road to go you have to play an extra game you have to potentially play on the road and then you're possibly set up for a second round matchup against like holmdale or weezer or gooding and those are teams you just do not want to play early on right so so yeah this is an important game for sure that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch uh for a level Pocatello defeats Burley 48 to 30. Burley's kind of a s- sneaky, feisty team. You know, Burley's three and three now. Pocatello yeah. with a statement win, I thought, 48 to 13. Yeah. Um, Their offense was fantastic. I mean, you give a lot of credit to, uh, you know, sophomore Drake Contreras at, at quarterback. Just played a, he completed like almost 70% of his passes, threw for over 300 yards, had a couple touchdowns. And, you know, I think we're, 
you know, expecting Ryan Payne, that that senior quarterback, to come back from an injury in the next week or two. So not sure how much uh, Contreras will get, you know, in terms of playing time going forward. But if you're a Pocatello fan, you've got to be very happy that for the next two years, you've got Drake Contreras at quarterback and then, you know, him throwing the ball to Julian Bowie. I mean, that's a pretty lethal sophomore combo that you do not find very often um, at a level like 4A. Yeah, it's it's a fun. It's going to be fun to watch them uh, over the years. The other big game that happened in District Five at the four A level. It was a game that we had on IdahoSports.com. Preston went up to Sugar Salem and uh, lost twenty four to fourteen. But uh, you know, Sugar Salem, we talked about. They're still the the two time defending three A state champs. You know, yeah. they're only three and two, but they're still a, a really tough program. And so for Preston, four and two, they're still doing just fine. Yeah, it's a, it's a little disappointing after that that big win against Blackfoot. You would, you know, think that they would have momentum going into a, a game against a 3A team. But, yeah, like you're saying, you know, everyone expected Sugar Salem at the beginning of the season to repeat again. And they had a little bit of a down spiral early in the year, and it seems like they're starting to pick it up. I think they're back in the rankings now. Um, they're looking good. And, you know, for Preston, it's a real good learning opportunity heading into this district play. It's not a loss that's going to kill you. All you need to do is beat Pocatello and beat Century, and you're in in the state tournament. That's all it takes. That they know that's all it takes. And so I think you know this is maybe a little bit of a wake up call to be like, okay, you know that can't happen again. All our goals are still ahead of us. You know we've got to beat Century. We've got to beat Pocatello, and the, you know we're good. Yep. So when it comes to the 4A state bracket this year, obviously the conference champ gets in, but also this year an automatic bid will go to either the second place team from District 5 or the second place team from District 1 and 2 up north. And that's going to be whoever has the better max preps rankings, correct? Yes. And so at this point, you know, you figure that uh, Pocatello, you know, right now, is probably the favorite to win District Five. Yeah, but Pre- but Preston as the second place finisher would be going up against more than likely Lakeland up north. That's a team that Preston A has already beaten this year, yeah. seven to six, and B is ahead of currently in the latest Max Prep ratings. Preston actually ranks tenth in the entire state for four A football right now with a fourteen point schedule. Yeah, and and they've won right. Yeah. They're four and two. So. Yeah. So what you're saying basically is if Preston finishes number two. Heck, if Preston or Pokey finishes number two, they've got a really good shot to still make the playoffs. Well, and and, and even outside of that, there are still four at-large bids that are handed out as well. 16 teams make the playoffs for 4A. So I, I think at this point we can say Pokey's in and Preston is in, barring just an epic oh. collapse. But Yes, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That's that's good news for them. Yes, and, and, and more interestingly for Pocatello, right now they are second in the state in max preps ratings for 4A football. The only team they trail is Skyline, and that's a team that may not even win their conference because they lost to Blackfoot a yeah. couple weeks ago. Yep. So so you talk about they they seed you 1 through 16 based on your max preps rating, and uh, the, the top five seeds automatically go to the five conference winners. So if Skyline doesn't win their conference, you're talking about potentially Pocatello, if, if it stood as it is right now, being the number one overall seed for the 4A playoffs, getting home playoff games all the way through to a championship. Wow. And, and that means they wouldn't have to play? No, they would still have to play week one. They would just play the 16th ranked team. Is that correct? Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that would be huge uh, for them. And, you know, that's part of the thing, like we're saying with this max prep thing, is it's not the worst thing in the world to – you know, lose these good games. It's the reason that I put, I think like 
let me check where I put Pocatello. I had them third in this Ruiz rankings because I just don't feel like they should be penalized for their two losses being against a Highland team that's fourth in 5A and an Idaho Falls team that I put fifth. I'm like, they're not supposed to win those games. Those are against higher classification teams with more depth, more kids. They're not supposed to win those games, and they you know put up a fight in the Idaho Falls one. So I think some people are just looking at Pocatello's record and not necessarily who those losses came against. But it's cool to see that this Max Preps rewards them for losing to good teams, which is something that sometimes um, you know outsiders or people looking at just schedules don't necessarily see or take into account. Yeah, and in Pocatello, you know, as long as they continue to win, um, they they should be able to hold on to a top spot um, yeah. because the strength of schedule early on was tough. Now there are other teams like Emmett, Middleton; they'll play more difficult sure. games in league play still on their schedule. But for Pocatello, they're doing just fine because they've got a big opportunity this week, Jordan. They travel to Shelley to play yeah. the Russets, yeah. who are five and one. So either way, this is going to help. Pocatello's max preps ratings, but yes. Shelly lost last week to Hillcrest, which that was their first win of the year. I was just, I was really perplexed by that. I think, I think Pocatello was set up for a nice win here against Shelly. Was it Hillcrest or Bonneville? Or, or you're right. You're right. Bonneville. Bonneville. Yes. Bon- wasn't that a Bonneville team? That like, yeah, hadn't won a game. They were just getting blitzed by everyone. And then somehow Shelly comes out and, you know, kind of just really underperformed. That was such a weird result. I remember seeing that. I was like, what? The? It almost seemed like a, a misprint. So, I mean, that's the perfect time for Pocatello to play this Shelly team. Maybe it's not. I don't know, you know, how Shelly responds. But at least Pocatello's got some, you know, if they can get the film of that game, be like, all right, whatever game plan Bonneville was doing. So let's see if we can just duplicate that one. Uh, it's a really, you know, like you're saying, great matchup in terms of the Max Preps rankings. Also helps that, you know, Shelly's still ranked in 4A. But, man, that Bonneville team kind of exposed its, you know, Shelly team that had been so surprising and, you know, so overachieving this season. And, you know, I don't know what this uh, – what it exactly says about Shelly. I suppose we'll find out this week. But, yeah, not one I was expecting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, I had to cough off <laughs> camera, off mic there. Uh, let's let's wrap up our talk with Highland, of course. Yeah, I was kind of surprised Thunder Ridge had really been struggling this year and, you know, Highland wins 24, 14, they'll take the win, but it was kind of a close game. A lot closer than I thought. And, you know, I thought it was pretty good performance from, uh, you know, Thunder Ridge. I think someone was saying that they, uh, there was an Ian Hershey kick that they said missed, but people thought it went in something like that. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a lot closer contest. And I, that's probably good for a Highland team that hasn't had many close contests in the last, you know, five weeks so that that's not a bad thing you got a you know jackson schumann who is a you know wide receiver running back you know he uh had you know caught five passes almost 40 yards touchdown had a 53 yard you know kickoff return and then you know we've talked about this highland front seven a lot we've you know highlighted you know, sloan lamson and uh cody colvin and drew roberts but linebacker you know a junior mason fulmer who you know missed a lot of the uh summer and early fall workouts with uh you know, an injury all of a sudden on uh, Friday against Thunder Ridge, he had nine tackles and, you know, a pair for a loss. And, you know, that's a Highland defense that I don't think many teams can compete against. Uh, obviously, we're going to see when it comes to Rigby, but the fact that they're doing this against 5A teams shows that they are that good. 
Absolutely. And Highland finally has a bye week this week. Yeah. So they have the week off after playing seven games so far, the most of any team in yeah. the state of Idaho. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So you mentioned Rigby, Jordan. That's where I'm going to be Friday night for, for East Idaho game night on Idaho.com awesome. as they, as they play Blackfoot should be wow. a good four, a five, a matchup. Where are you going to be at Friday? I'm going to be at Snake River at Marsh Valley, just kind of the, the 3A game that we've been circling on our calendars all season long. And, you know, I have yet to be at a uh, Marsh Valley football game. So kind of excited to, excited to see their home set up. And, uh, yeah, that should be kind of a, a fun matchup to see who's in the pole position for 3A. Wow, that's gonna be that's gonna be a great game, and I'm looking forward to reading your recap of it in the Idaho State Journal. Of course, you can see all of Jordan's work online at IdahoStateJournal.com or the actual paper copy if you want. Oh, yeah. You know, once in a while, I'll go down to the library and pick up the 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 hard copy that's in the in those newspaper stick things. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I still get them at. Uh, the only time I see the newspaper is if I'm at a coffee shop. And someone left one behind and I'm like, Oh, let me pick this up. You know, <laughs> give it a read. <laughs> right. I still like holding it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you got something in your hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what else are you working on at the ISJ this week? Yeah. I mean, starting to, you know, going to try and get out to a couple of district soccer matches, you know, kind of monitoring volleyball a little bit. Then, you know, Idaho state uh, had a rough start to the season. Oh, and four. They've got a number eight UC Davis coming in on Saturday. Um, that'll be a tough one. I don't know if they'll be able to pull it out, but um, yeah, still still keeping up with them. They looked good against Sac State, at least they what did. I saw. They did for one half. Yeah, and then <laughs> things fell apart a little bit. But yeah, I mean, they still they have talent. I you know, there's a shot they can compete with UC Davis. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, all of uh, Jordan's work can be seen online, IdahoStateJournal.com. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into the Southeast Idaho PrepCast brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here next week on IdahoSports.com.